Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Holgramson. Thank you for joining me today. Now, today we're going to do something a little different. We were doing the walk with Jesus. We're taking a break from that for just a moment. Let me recap a little bit on uh, the Prairie Fire Revival. I'm excited about this because we are uh, two weeks away, less than two weeks away, actually. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. Everything's coming together nicely. Uh, we've got several speakers lined up. We've got several different worship teams lined up. And it's just going to be a great time. And so all we're missing is you. And what do we need from you? Well, one, show up um, and come prepared to receive. Come expecting, right? And that's what we need. And then if you belong to a church, we need church contact information. If you go to the website, truepatriotministries.org, and what I want you to do is take a peek at the uh, church's page once you get in there. So go to the website, click on the revival picture, and then go and look at the church's page. And what you're going to see is that I have some churches listed already, just a few, but I want a lot more. Okay, I want a lot, lot more. We, uh, through Bot Radio, we've had advertising through my website, through videos, that kind of thing. We've had uh, advertising. And so the word has gotten out there across the nation. I know at a minimum 38 states have uh, been paying attention to the videos. And so what I need from you is church information. I need to know, hey, if you are going to a church and you enjoy that church and it's a good church and you like it, send me the information. You can go on the website, go to the Connect page, send me the info, or you can just send me via email at reachout, that's R-E-A-C-H-O-U-T, at truepatriotministries.org, uh, and just send me the church information, uh, what contact number, what contact email, Facebook page, any information you think is pertinent, I will, I will take and I will post on the church's page. I want people to know where to go when they... Uh, are getting ready to go back home, that there is a church in their city, in their town, that they can go to and get rooted and planted. Okay, now obviously those of you who already have churches, hey, you're the ones this message is for. Glory to God. The ones that don't have churches, we want to make sure they get churches, right? We want to make sure they come into the church. And uh, that's, that's what we're after. Other than that, just come expecting and we're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. So today's message, what I want to talk to you about is your words are stout against me. Now this is something that the Holy Spirit brought up in me this morning. I was prepared to do a message on Jesus and continue with the, a walk with Jesus. But uh, he brought this up and I just thought, well, I'm going to touch on it a little bit here because I may actually touch on this quite a lot more at the revival. And so here's what I want you to know is uh, your words are stout against me is what he, he said to me. And he's talking about believers, right? So if we go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 13, what we see is your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? Now, that was the modern English version. 
In the King James Version, it does use the word stout instead of hard. Now, in the Greek, when you look at the uh, Strong's Concordance on this, in the Greek, stout means obstinate. That's one of those words that you could use. And when you look up obstinate, obstinate, excuse me, I look it up in the, the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and here's the definition. Stubborn, pertinaciously adhering to an opinion or purpose, fixed firmly in resolution, not yielding to reason. Now, I went ahead and looked up pertinaciously also, because it's a word we really don't use very often. And it says it is with firm or perverse adherence to opinion or purpose. And I want you to catch on that perverse part, because what's the devil do? He comes in and he perverts, right? He twists and he manipulates. And so that's so keen that we catch on to that. Now, as evidence of our words being stout against us, and you can go back and read all of Malachi chapter 3. It's very good. Uh, but let's go to James chapter 3, and let's look at verses 1 through 12. And it reads, My brothers, not many of you should become teachers, knowing that we shall receive greater judgment. We all err in many ways. But if any man does not err in word, he is a perfect man and able also to control the whole body. Now we know in this day and age man has not been perfected. We are being perfected. We are in a constant state of being perfected, of being refined, but we have not been perfected as of yet. And therefore, we will err. And so we need to have grace for one another in that error uh, and in the correction. Glory to God. Now, in verse 3, we say, See how we put bits in the mouths of horses that they may obey us. And we control their whole bodies and observe ships. Though they are so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed with a very small rudder where the captain pleases. Even so, the tongue is a little part of the body and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. <clears throat> the tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body and setting the course of nature on fire and is set on fire by hell. All kinds of beasts and birds and serpents and things in the sea are tamed or have been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord our Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth or proceeds blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be does a spring yield at the same opening sweet and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a vine figs? So no spring can yield both salt water and fresh water. And so if we go through that, I mean, he's, he's hit a lot of things on this. So the horse, you throw a bridle on it and there's the bit or the hackamore and we can guide the horse you know, a thousand, two thousand pound beast, we can guide it anywhere we want to. The ship, you know, if we can, with a very small rudder, we can guide it where we want to. Now the tongue, 
such a small part of the body, but with it we can speak so many different things. We can speak things against ourselves. We can speak things against God. We can speak things against God's creation, right? And, uh, and we need to pay attention to this. So this is why I wanted to talk to you about this today. When the Lord put this on my heart, there were so many things that came up in me. Um, a wonder was the first thing because we often don't think about our words being stout against God. And so even today, our words are still stout against God. And it's something that we need to pay attention to. So if you go to Genesis chapter 1, right? Um, and, and there's going to be more scripture in here. This is just a quick little message today. More scripture than what I'm going to actually speak. So you can go to the website, go to the blog page, and you'll see the notes for this one. And uh, you'll see the extra verses that I'm not covering here right now. But if you go to Genesis chapter 1, and I'm just going to hit the ones I want, but read the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 1. All right. So uh, starting in verse 3, it says, God said. Now I want you to catch that. God said. He gave a command. What was that command? Let there be light. And there was light. Okay. In verse 5. God called the light day. So he commanded it, and then he named it, right? But he spoke day, and that's what it became. And the night, night, and that's what it became. Then God said, and in verse 6, we see that God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the expanse and separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. Do you see this? God said, God said, God said. And he gave a command. He commanded with words. God created with words. Now, if you go on down, you'll see later on, God created man, and he created man in his image. God is the creator who created man who is a creator. If you have doubts about whether or not we are creators, well, look around you. I mean, I can look around my front porch here. Where there's a ladder right here. We created the ladder. We created the tin, uh, the tin bin here that the plants are in. Uh, the camera that you're, you're watching, that's recording the video you're watching. We created that, the memory card, the batteries, and on and on and on. Okay, we are creators. We are made in the image of, of God. And, and so we are creators. And this is what I want you to understand. So as we are speaking words, we need to be cautious of the words we speak and that we are speaking life and not death, that we are speaking blessing and not curse. Okay? And so, it's in, in myself. I've I've had to recently deal with an issue of speaking critically about people, and it, that's not fun when you have to correct yourself, um, or when the Lord reaches down and He corrects you, right? And so this happened with me recently, and uh, and I had to go to some people and I had to apologize and ask for forgiveness because I spoke poorly about some people that I shouldn't have been speaking about. Now, I'm not saying that we don't speak poorly about people, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is that in this instance, I had actually named people 
named the locations, and made statements which were critical of those people. Um, and, and so I need to go back and ask forgiveness. Now, if I am evaluating something and I need to use something as an example, I need to do it in such a way that I am not naming people. I'm not naming locations. I'm not naming anything specific where somebody could figure out who I'm speaking of. Okay? Kenneth E. Hagan was great about this. Uh, he would not speak ill about a particular person. Right? If there was something he needed to use to... Uh, to teach from, he would leave all names and locations out of it, and he would just speak about the issue. And he would walk in love with that person, and that's what I needed to do. And, and so walking in love required me to repent, which is a mental decision to say, okay, I'm not pleased with this. This is not something I should do. And I turn around and I go back to God. Now, here comes the heart decision. The heart decision is I needed to hit my knees and say, Lord, forgive me. I spoke ill of your children, okay? These are my brothers and sisters, and I spoke ill of them. And so then I had to go to the group that I spoke ill of in, in front of and, and ask them to forgive me. And so it's humbling because we need to pay attention to these things, how our words can impact others, right? And then how our words can impact us. We recently sat with a, a woman we know uh, who's in her 70s, and, and uh, she hasn't had the greatest life. And it, it turns out she brought up something we'd never heard about before, and, and that was that her mother had spoken things over her or spoken things to her that were not acceptable that actually put her down and made her feel less than worthy. And, and we see this happen. Now, here's the fruit of it, all right? This happens to a woman as a child, okay? And we see people doing this as a kid, and, oh, it won't hurt them. It toughens them up, whatever. Well, this woman's had issues with this her whole life. And so she's still having to deal with it in her 70s, and she's closer to the end of her life than she is the beginning and still carrying the weight of it around. So we need to be cautious about how we speak to people and how we speak about people. Our words... We need to make sure they're not stout against the Father. And we need to make sure they're not stout or obstinate against His children. And so, or against ourselves as His children. We can do the same thing. We can speak ill. I'm so stupid. Oh, I should have known that. That was dumb. You know? And, and you watch. You'll, you'll catch yourself. Oh, I love you to death. Why, why would you use the word death? That's the devil. He's putting that in there. You're going, ah, don't be so literal. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Here's the truth of it. You have ministering spirits that are camped around you, and they're waiting on the Word of God to come out of your mouth so they can go to work. You have ugly spirits out there, demons, principalities, darkness out there, waiting on you to speak foul words so that they can go to work. And they will. So if you tell yourself, and this has been proven, a woman convinced herself that she was sick and she was dying of something. Doctors checked her out, checked her out, checked her out. And this went on for a period of probably a year or two. And eventually, you know, of course now during this year or two, they couldn't find anything wrong with her. But, you know, eventually she came down with something and became sick because her confession over herself was that she knew she was sick and she was dying. 
And so we can manifest that in our lives by speaking those words as a creator, a creator, not the creator. We cannot exalt ourselves above God, but he created us in his image. And so, yes, we are creators. And so we have to pay attention to that. Okay, we need to pay attention to our words. So if we're dealing with an issue, we need to get in the Word of God and find out what the Word says about that issue. And then we need to start speaking that Word over that issue so that we can get free of that issue. And so that brings me to PTSD, whether you're a veteran like me or law enforcement or first responders, EMS, those kinds of things, fire department. I mean, these guys see things that, that most people don't see on a normal basis, and there's a very traumatic, traumatic event that triggers these PTSD events. And so, even with PTSD, if you can go back to whatever the event was, if you can know what the event is that caused the, tra the, the traumatic event that caused the PTSD, then and then find out what the trigger is. So if it's loud gunfire or it's fireworks or something like that, or it's seeing a, a certain image, maybe a child getting spanked or something like that, and and it it triggers something, or you see somebody who has, uh, and I'm hoping I'm saying this right, a habab. It's either a habab or a habib, a face covering, right, on. And uh, maybe they move just right, or there's a smell in the air, or a certain sound. There's all kinds of things can be triggers. Uh, the body does wonderful things, amazing things. When things happen and we need to record it, it records so many different things. And uh, so we need to find out what that trigger is. When we figure out the trigger, we find out the we figure out the event, and we can go to the Lord. We can go to His Word, and we can do some research. And if you need help with this, you can find people to help you, including, you know, you can reach out to me if you want to. But we pay attention to our words because what we can do. So if it's fear, right? So for me, I had to deal with some fear. Uh, fear of not being able to pay a bill. Fear of um, what if I lose my job. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of, of succeeding. Fear of failing, right? I mean, there's so many different fears in the world, right? You name one, there's, there's a fear. And so I had to deal with fear which was something the devil used on me. And so I learned how to use 2 Timothy 1.7. And what I'll tell you is I was not very good at it at first. It took some time. So when I first found first Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, My God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. When I first found that, it was like a, uh, something just jumped in me. A light bulb came on. Right, And I said, oh my gosh, that's so good. That speaks right to what I'm dealing with. And so then all I had to do was learn how to use it. And so it would be, uh, when I first started, the devil would come at me and I'd say, wait a minute. And I'd recite the verse and I'd rebuke the devil. And, and you know, it, it would be a matter of it would take me a few days to get rid of that fear, right? It would go away, but it would take some time to manifest. To where is now, here we are, and it's only a couple, three, four years later. You know, it doesn't take a lot of time to learn to master a verse um, and the authority and the power that comes with that verse. And so now, if the devil comes at me with fear, I can rebuke him, I can recite the verse, I can 
see, because reciting the verse out loud, what's it do? That's your weapon. That's your sword that you're slinging at him. Okay? Your shield is made up of your faith. You've already raised the shield. You've dodged the dart. It's stuck in your shield. And then you take your sword and you say, "Uh uh-uh. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. Because my God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And fear don't belong in me. And I refuse it in Jesus' name. And you send it packing, and it only takes seconds. Right? That's what I'm talking about. At first, it's going to take some time to manifest these things. But don't stop. Don't quit. Keep working at it. Stay diligent. Stay in the Word of God. Okay? Keep your faith built up. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You need to keep your faith up. That's your shield. All right? And knowing the Word, that gives you the ability to use it as a sword. And so it's so very important, and there's so many verses in there. Guys, I'm finding verses all the time that help uh, with PTSD. Um, if, If somebody, you know, there's a lot of things, okay? Things to do with blood, there's things to do with death, there's things to do with fear. It's in there, okay? You just need to find it. And so we need to watch our words, that they're not stout against us. Um, Glory to God. You know, speak well over your wife, that it is well with her. Speak well over your husband, that it is well with him. Speak well over your children, that it may be well with them. Glory to God. Speak well over your parents, that it may be well with them. These are the things I'm talking about. Learn how to use the Word of God, how to speak the Word of God. Because as a creator, not the creator, but as a creator, okay, made in the image of God, your words create. What they create is determined by the words you use. Okay? And so we want to be sure we're paying attention to that. Like I said, there's a lot more in the notes than what I'm saying scripturally. And so just go back and look at the scriptures and you'll see... And it's all over the Word of God, okay? If you're one of those people that says, well, that doesn't surprise me, that always happens to me, and it's something negative, quit saying it. Or if you're going to continue to say it, say it over the positive things and not the negative things. Somebody walks up and, and hands you 20 bucks and, and, and you're walking away, praise the Lord, that always happens to me. Okay? Just change what you're claiming. It, it don't claim the negative. You know, your car breaks down, don't go, gosh, why does this always happen to me? There's two words that I've worked very hard, and, and they're two of the trickiest words in the English vocabulary. Any vocabulary, but in the English vocabulary for me, that I have to be super diligent about. <laughs> and we use them all the time. And it's the word always and the word never. And so we have to pay attention to those words. Those are two words that I really pay attention to because, uh, you know, if, if uh, flu season comes around and you're saying, I always get the flu, well, yeah, welcome. You're going to have it again this year. That's just because you spoke it. Um, you know, the other thing is, is saying things would never. Man, that never happens to me. Well, it's never going to happen to you now either. Not until you change your vocabulary, okay? Change the words that you are speaking. Allow God's grace and God's love to manifest in your life through the words you're speaking. Give the 
ministering spirits that are waiting on you to speak the word. Give them something to do by speaking the word, and they can go to work. And so I hope you got something out of this today. Uh, I enjoy doing these messages. I really do. As, as the weather kind of gets a little bit more mild, I'm trying to do more and more outside. It's a, For me, it's nice. Uh, there may be some more background noise, but hey, I'm sure you, you're acceptable of that. It's quite all right. But hey, guys, look, God loves you. He sent his son to pay the price for you because he found you worthy. He found you valuable. And that's his statement of value to you. He says, you're precious. You're so precious that, that I, Jesus, am willing to do this for you. Glory to God. And so accept it, receive it. You're valuable in the, God, in the eyes of, of God the Father. You're valuable in the eyes of Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you receive Jesus, look how valuable you are. First, you go to God and you're saying, okay, I repent, forgive me, and, and Jesus, I receive you. So you're accepting the gift that, that God's already done. He, he's got that gift wrap just for you, waiting on you. And you're receiving that into you. You're receiving Jesus Christ in you as your Lord and Savior. What's Jesus do? He gives you another gift. He gives you the comforter, the counselor, the teacher. Glory to God. He gives you the one that brings all things to remembrance. Right? The Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit do for you? Well, He does all those things and then some. Okay, he is the action part of the Godhead. He is power. Jesus is all the authority. And, and God is, is God. Is God. He's the Father. You're adopted as full sons and daughters uh, when you receive Jesus Christ. And so then you become joint heirs with Jesus, which means that you are a joint heir with Jesus in all that Jesus has. Did you get that? So that victory that Jesus won over the devil... When he went into hell and he kicked the, the daylights out of him and he came out of hell and he paraded the devil around like a fool that he is, that victory is yours. And so I hope you, you learn that and you understand it. Receive it in your heart. Look, guys, if, if everything is getting stuck up here, then I want you to take some time and I want you to, to, to go see the, go spend some time alone. Go get with the Lord. Okay, because what you want to do is you want to get it from up here. You want to get it down into your heart. Okay, it, it doesn't. God doesn't belong up here. All right, this is the devil's realm, and you need to pay attention to it. Right, the spirit, your spirit man. That's what's supposed to control you. It's the spirit man, the soul, and the body. All right, and the spirit man's in charge. When we err, it's when we let the 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 mind or we let the body take charge. Okay. Uh, whichever one we let take charge. I, I mean, that's what's going to lead us into sin. And so we need to be sure that we have the Spirit in charge. And, uh, hey, just know, like I said, Jesus loves you, and God loves you. you got the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, you're, you are well-equipped. You just now need to get the instruction book out, the Bible, the Holy Scripture, basic instruction before leaving earth. Get it out and learn. Open it up. Start in the New Testament. Okay? Start in the New Testament if you're new. And uh, go through the Psalms and the Proverbs. Uh, 
and then once you have gone through that a couple of times, then start delving into the Old Testament a little bit. But take a little bit of Old Testament and then a whole lot of New Testament, okay? A little bit of Old Testament, a whole lot of New Testament. Because we are living in the New Testament. That's our covenant. That's the covenant that we have, and it's a better covenant. So if you, if you get into the Old Testament, you're going to find yourself in legalism, and you're going to have a lot of religious things that you've got to get rid of or that you've got to learn how to cope with. So that's why I don't recommend starting in, in, in Genesis and working your way all the way through to Revelation. Now, start in the New Testament. Find out what the New Covenant brings you. Once you get that down, then start going to the Old Testament, and you'll see where some of the things from the Old Testament did carry over, but you'll also see where some things from the Old Testament did not carry over, that Jesus dealt with them, with the Pharisees, and he made a point of dealing with them about it. And so it's really good. Um, glory to God. We're excited about the revival. Uh, we've got some uh, brand new Bibles that are coming in so that people who give their lives to Christ while they're at the revival, we can at least furnish them with a brand new Bible. Uh, we're excited about that. We're going to have a baptism tank so we can do baptisms right there on the spot. Glory to God. It's going to be a great time, guys. Come on down. Come on up. Come on over. It's the Lovemore County Fairgrounds, September 28th to October 2nd, okay? And we will see you there, Prairie Fire Revival. Look, guys, we love you. Have a blessed day.